0: Yes, as soon as soon service is over, as soon as I am finished preaching and praying, yes, um, we will we will do that. If uh, if you have not yet purchased your items for or brought your items, because you can just bring a shoebox, but if you have if you have not yet brought anything for the month of February, then our item is uh, is oral care products. So. um, floss or toothbrushes anything like that also next week uh, Dr. Tatum will be with us so make sure that you are here we're going to be participating in a in a t- a fun w- okay uh, you've talked to him and, and he said it's going to be fun or you're just anticipating the fun all right yes yes, yes. all right well, prepare for some enrichment next week. Yes, we're gonna. Ha- yes, we're gonna have our um, pr- most likely have our normal type of of music time, and then we're gonna have a um, kind of an introduction to a, a thing that going forward in this year, kind of a, a vision for the year, and then we are going to have Doctor Tatum to um, to come up and and just be be prepared to fill out some things, but also to. Testify if the Lord has been good to you, Amen. Um, the not next week, but the following week is first Sunday of March. So first Sunday meal, yeah. It's that. This is going by super duper fast. So first Sunday meal is coming up on March seventh. I believe it's the seventh, but anyway, it's the first Sunday of March. So two weeks from now. Um, so keep those things in mind, and um, any other. Announcements. Thank you all who were able to come and participate Wednesday. I hope that y'all had a good time. If you were not able to come, we missed you. And um, (laughs) Pop Pop was at home putting together his. um, We did have, we did have one person to come and and an extra a male person. Yes, uh, an extra male person to come in and help. Yeah. That's right. He made it. He was making blankets, so it's it's not just a lady activity. Yeah. Men can enjoy as well. So come on with us the third Wednesday of the month, and we're going to be having our our blanket get together, yeah. right? Amen. So any other announcements, we will certainly let you know. Um, this week, um, th- this past week, and in the, in the coming week, I will be, I have been in a situation to to be around other people that I'm not normally and as I have been around it's a couple of two three different sets of people and just being able to hear and being able to understand some of their stories and the things that that they've been through and and experienced and as I have heard um, there, there might have been a time in my life, and I'll confess, I suppose, there might have been a time in my life that I would have heard these things and, and kind of turned my nose up at some of them because of the different things. And I can't, I cannot talk about it right now, but I, I will. <laughs> uh, the Lord has been dealing with me about a message, but from a long, long time ago, and this ties in with it, and so, so eventually. I'll be able to express myself a little better about specifics. But this week, as I've heard these things, it makes me realize more and more how much people need the Lord. That we hear these things that people go through, and on one hand, society and and even church people sometimes, Lord help me, might look at those people like, ugh. But, but without God's grace, without God's mercy, Hallelujah. any one of us could be in that place, could be experiencing those same things, and I'm just so grateful that the Lord found me. I was listening to um, to the song that we sing a lot, uh, you know, My Chains Are Gone, and it's You know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I may not have thought of myself as wretched much, but but I was wretched without the Lord. And so I'm so thankful that He has brought me to where I am, and that no matter where you are, He can bring you from there. Amen. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank You, we praise You for Your goodness. God, You are so good to us. God, we are thankful. That every single time that we are lost, every single time that we have gone astray, that you leave the 99 and you come after us. Father, I am so thankful that you do not leave us where we are, but you pursue day after day after day. God, you come to find us, and I am so thankful, Lord, that you did not leave me in the state that I was in when you found me, God, but you brought me out, and I am I just cannot worship you enough for that. Father, I just thank you, and I praise you that you are so good to each and every one of us, because for every one of us, it is one turn, one decision, one choice to serve you that has Uh, Made the difference between one life and another God I am so thankful for who you are I pray that you would have your will in your way in this place Lord that you would save souls and change lives God everyone who is here today everyone who is watching that we are not here by accident but God we are here for a purpose to hear and respond to your word God I just ask that you would have your will that you would change us that you would transform us that you would bring healing and strength to physical needs God I just ask your will to be done that you would break chains of bondage Lord we give you praise and honor and glory for all that you do And all that you are in Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. The name of the Lord is a strong tower The righteous run into it And they are saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower The righteous run into it And they are saved. Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be the name of the Lord most high. Cause the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it and they are saved. The name of my Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into <sife> Blessed be, be the name of the Lord. Blessed be, oh. be the name Um-hmm. of the Lord. Blessed oh. be the name oh. of the Lord. Most high. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. Cause the name of my Lord. Oh. He a strong tower, the righteous run into it. They are saying The name of my Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And they are saying, Say that one more time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. Because the name of the Lord he That's who I am that's who I am you're a good good father and that's who you are That's who you are that's who you are and I'm loved by you that's who I am that's who I am that's who I am you're a good good father and that's who you See your mercy never fails me all my days I am held in your hands from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so good and every breath that i am able oh i will sing of the goodness Bye. the goodness.
0: For the goodness of God Give him praise He is worthy He is worthy of all praise Thank you Lord
2: Hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh praise the Lord I will bless the Lord at all times His praise will continually be in my mouth. Praise God. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Have you known anyone to be as faithful of God? That's a rhetorical question. There's no such thing as God is the only one that is faithful all the time. Faithful all the time. All the time. Amen. Praise God. Next week we will not have this segment of the service because we want everybody to testify whatever Dr. Tatum has. But this is a testimony time set aside. I just praise God for His goodness. I love Him today. How good and how great is our God unto the children of men. Whoa. And David said... He daily loads us with benefits. Oh, He daily blesses us. Every day when we wake, He begins to pour out goodness on us. And as it were, the days of Pentecost, that in the last days He'll pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. You feel it once in a while, don't you? Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, and I feel his presence in the place here today. Glory, hallelujah. He's been my help. He's been my strength. He's been my provider. He's my keeper. Praise God. There's so many words that you could attach to God. He has been there for us. Been there to help. He's been there to open doors. He's been there to close doors. He's been there to share with us and teach us. And I love Him this morning. How great, how great is our God that He restores our soul. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness, mercy, it's going to follow me all of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Looking forward to that, aren't you? Looking forward to dwelling. <laughs> this... Life is coming to a close. Hallelujah. Maybe for one or two of us or three of us it may come quicker than with the others. But I want to tell you we're nearing the end of time. Oh, praise God when Jesus is going to catch away His church. Well, He's going to raise the dead first. Those that had died in the Lord He's going to raise them and they'll raise up first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with them in the air. And then, as he said in the scripture, that wherever he is, there we will be also. Glory, I'm looking to be also, aren't you? Praise God. Don't know where to be. Hallelujah. First heaven, ninth heaven, twenty-ninth heaven. Praise God. Wherever Jesus is, I Will be, <laughs> Amen. Thank you for helping us start year twenty nine. I'm sorry, twenty eight. Getting a little bit ahead of myself. Helping us start uh, the first Sunday of year twenty eight. We love you and we appreciate you so much for that uh, opportunity and for uh, all the goodness you've done for us. Thanking Him. Now, would you praise God? Anybody with a with a special praise? Maybe the Lord did well and better than well for you this week. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bless God. Oh, glory. (laughs) the Lord hallelujah hallelujah yes oh bless the Lord praise God praise God hallelujah Uh, Perry Stone does not well like others does not have altar services normally in the regular services, two or three of them will have, but he did mention this morning that if you know and have known the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, we're living in a day you need to get it fixed. You need to pray about it. You need to pray it over. (laughs) And he said, you know what God's all about. You know who he is. And if you've drifted from him, if you've strayed away, if you've got coal, if there's been trouble, he said, just give it to God. Call on. Oh, I'm feeling ready. I'm getting ready to jump over the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is amazing that God uh, that loves us so much. He sees us, and we, um, uh, what we do, Brother Mike, help me here, Brother Mike, we fumble the ball, we stump our toe, <laughs> all kinds of things, and whatever label you might put on it. But the Lord is waiting there with open arms, ready a us to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been bad. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> one more. Is there one more? Praise God. God bless you. Yes. Oh. Bless the Lord. Glory, oh glory, (laughs) glory, praise God, praise God, oh bless the Lord, amen, praise God, amen, amen, amen. Yes, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Amen and amen. Those of you watching at home, it's all right to say a praise the Lord once in a while. It's all right to say a thank you, Lord Jesus, for all you've done for me. It's all right to give him glory. Amen. And nobody may be there with you, but God recognizes it and he receives it. He is worthy of our praise. God bless you. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's good to see all of you in God's house. If you're a guest, we are so glad to have you with us. Enjoy the service. Just make yourself at home. i was about to say, kick your shoes off and just do, well, but enjoy yourself and let God touch and bless you as we are in service this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Jonah, will you say the blessing over?
3: good to see each and every one of you this morning I missed you guys last Sunday but thanks for your prayers, I had a safe trip it is now time to receive prayer requests this morning Brother Vic let's pray for his family, please, thank you Huh? I'm sorry, Mike Hager is he not feeling well let's pray for Mike Hager and Brother Vic's family anyone else Brother Chad pray for Casey Chaz Donner. brother Mike Jason oh. let's
4: just
3: pray for Jason Mr. Joyner. family, and the girls, and you say Pastor Kelly's family, yes, Tracy, yes, sir, I'm pray for Tracy in the interview, yes, hope it all goes well, Jennifer. yes, I was going to get to that, um, pray for my mom, I think, I, I was gone last week, I'm not sure, they said, that. I guess they've diagnose her. It's been a while since they've been able to diagnose her with some, I think, stage three kidney disease or something. So she's not doing well. So no energy. She's. Let's pray for her. Pray for my mom. Rhonda. Rhonda's mother, relief. Make sure she's feeling better. Anything else? If that's it, raise hands for unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord.
4: worry when giants come calling my name my god is so much bigger than troubles I face
3: I'm fellowship.
4: and <laughs> You're the reason
0: So we are glad that you are here. Amen. We are. So continuing to talk about using our words. Yes. And I don't know, I, I believe that I know what the next, and and I won't, it's okay for you to ask. It's totally okay. But <laughs> Shane's like, are you always going to preach? And uh, he asked me, are you always going to preach in series? <laughs> and it's okay. It's all right that you ask. It's fine. Um. And I said, I don't know, but it helps me because that's how my mind works. <laughs> you know, that that I know that this week we're preaching about this and next week we're preaching about that. And, you know, it, it helps me because um, I, I think in a linear kind of way. But also, there is so much in God's Word. There's so, so much. And he touches on so—the the Lord, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, touches on so many points— in different areas of the word. So, in order to be thorough, uh, you know, to preaching in series, you're, you're able to be a little more thorough with that. So, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I don't know. But I do, I was going to say, I do think that I know what the next series might be, but I don't know if you like the word series. <laughs> we'll find another word. But um, continuing to talk about using our words a- and how to use them correctly, we've talked about knowing what the, the Lord says about us and what the Word says about us and His words concerning us. And I hope that that throughout your day, throughout your week, that you're reminding yourself of who you are in Christ. And I hope that some of the things that have been talked about, we talked about uh, three weeks' worth of married marriage stuff, and I hope that through that, that you have been able to apply that in certain areas or if, if you are married or if you're not married, that you're able to, to pray differently for those who are and last week we talked about the word of the Lord to the disciples and we were challenged by his word that we need to prep our nets begin to to rid ourselves and ask the Lord to get rid of those things within us that are not pleasing to him those things that have been dragged up from the bottom Lord, get rid of those things that are in me. Prep my nets. God, mend me in places that I'm hurting. God, heal me in areas that I'm wounded. Mend me and then stretch those nets. God, stretch me so that I'll be useful for your purpose and your service. We were told last week to not let the last thing be the last thing. That oftentimes the the last awful thing that happened, the last time of discouragement the last time of rejection. We allow that to be our stopping point. And we say, I can't go any further because I'm discouraged, or I can't, I can't press on because I just can't move past this situation. But we are told through God's Word, do not let the last thing be the last thing. Keep on moving because the last thing prepared us for what's coming ahead. And the last thing we learned last week was to not be afraid of the deep waters. Because it's out there in the mystery. It's out there in the, in the deep. The places that we can't even see the bottom, that's where God leads us to bring up that draught of fish that, that He takes us out there to help us rely solely on Him. So today, we understand the, the Lord has a, a plan for each of us. No matter how old, young, talented, experienced, etc. you may be, the Lord has called you you, you 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 he's called you for his purpose before during and after we accept the leading of the lord we will face opposition from the enemy of course he knows that you have a purpose and he may know that even more than you do he's convinced of that and that's why he tries to steal and kill and destroy because he sees what's ahead for us he sees that that God has a purpose that he's pointing us to. So he tries to get ahead of that and turn us a different way. Therefore, what he does and how you respond to him can can convince you either to keep going or to turn away. Even Jesus had to face this before he started his own ministry. We are going to see the example of Christ and how the word affects how we are able to move forward. So today we're having conversations with the enemy. Taking a look in Matthew chapter 3, starting in verses 16 and 17 of of chapter 3, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway, out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus had come to his cousin John for baptism, he had come to the Jordan River, from what we understand. This is this particular situation is recorded in each of the gospel writers—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, in a couple of places, we're going to pull from what they say as well. Just add a, a few extra details. But we see that as he emerged from the water, that's where we get our uh, our theology in the um, in Church of God to be immersed and to come up. Um, that we we baptize going all the way under the water. That's where we get it from. Um, That Jesus was under the water and he came up out of the water. And when he did, the heavens opened up. And the Holy Spirit came down on him in the form of a dove and it rested upon him. John says that the Spirit remained on him. Which indicates to us that the giving of the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time occurrence, but something that should be continually occurring in our lives. It should remain on us and with us and a voice was heard out of heaven confirming jesus as god's son and affirming the father's love for him this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased in the in the greek there is no tense you know we in in our speaking we have past uh, present and future tense But in the Greek, this particular phrase, in whom I am well pleased, had no tense, meaning, I have always been pleased, I am pleased, and I will continue to be pleased. So, continually affirming Jesus and how much God loves him. So here we see this important example of the Trinity working in tandem, a picture of unity that occurs before Jesus begins his ministry. Then, In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, beginning there, it says, Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. Immediately he is led up to the wilderness. There is no, we see the chapter divisions, but there was no chapter division in the way that Matthew was writing. So it is, Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, the heavens opened, and the voice spoke, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And I believe that it's Mark says immediately he was taken into the wilderness. So as soon as the Holy Spirit came on him, the Holy Spirit began to lead him. Because when we have the Spirit, we ought to be led by the Spirit. When we receive Jesus as our Savior, a portion of the Spirit is, is deposited within us as an earnest of heaven. This is, I mean, we're, I don't want to get too much into theology, but this is the case. And when we have the Holy Spirit living within our hearts, He should be leading us day after day. So when we see that Jesus is being led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, we don't know the exact location where this testing took place, but we know that it is a divine appointment. So often when we go through issues, when we go through difficult times, we say, oh, the the devil's getting on me. Well, perhaps the Lord's leading you in this direction. So he had been fasting 40 days and nights this is reflective of Moses fasting on Mount Sinai 40 days and 40 nights receiving the law also it gives us a reminder of the 40 years of the wilderness wanderings by the children of Israel the number 40 is often associated with the concept of testing, trial and probation throughout God's word it's over 140 times that the number 40 is used and often in those situations it's referring to a period of trial after this time it says that he was hungry hereby showing the humanity of Christ because he was fully man now he was fully God of course capable of all things needing nothing but fully man tempted in all points as we are yet without sin subject to hunger subject to temptations, subject to desires that we would also have. So he does this as our example. Taking a look at verses 3 through 11, it says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only, shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Some of the other writers state that the devil tempted Jesus the length of the 40 days. I believe it's Luke that says that that as he was fasting, that the devil came and tempted him with all manners of temptation. And it is possible that, that it was throughout the entire 40 days and we only get a glimpse of these three particular temptations because the writer of he- Hebrews says that he was tempted in all manners and that he knows, he, he understands the ways that we are tempted, the, the things that we go through. So it's possible that it was through this 40-day period that Jesus was tempted with all different things, but it's interesting that these are the three that were given. So that means that it must be something significant about them. First of all, the enemy says, if. And this is in the Greek sense. So Satan is not questioning whether or not Jesus is God's son because he knows that Jesus is God's son. But his purpose was to destroy jesus even before he got to his purpose of the cross so he's trying to to send different things throughout jesus life to get rid of him so that he does not fulfill his ultimate purpose of saving the world so of course jesus knew who he was he was confident in himself his father had just said to him you are my beloved son i am pleased with you So he had received that confirmation from his heavenly father. He had no issue with his identity. But the thing was, Satan was trying to get him to prove himself in a miraculous manner. Yet Jesus, our example, overcame the enemy as a human every single time in order to identify with us. We see here that the temptations of Christ. The first one was to turn the stones into bread. This seems logical, right? Jesus is hungry. Knowing that he was able to speak the word to the rock and provide for his hunger. You know, he could have at any point said, hey, become bread. And he could have eaten and satisfied himself. But instead of satisfying his physical need, Jesus speaks the word to the devil. He is here quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I do have this one listed to to put up. So Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. And they say, All the commandments which I command thee this day shalt ye observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment wax not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man hasteneth, excuse me, chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. So Jesus said to the enemy, Man shall not live by bread alone. Now there are other verses. uh, For example, the one in, in Job that says, I consider the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He could have quoted that verse. But it's interesting that this is the one that Jesus brings to combat the temptation of Satan. Because this is one in which Moses is reminding the people, I led you in the wilderness for 40 years. So what Jesus is saying to the enemy is, I may be in the midst of the wilderness. I may have been here for 40 days, and I may be hungry, and I may be tired, and I may be weary, but God is trying me god is humbling me god is doing something in me that if i give up now will not be fulfilled so he is not only speaking to the enemy you know you don't know what you're talking about get away from me but he is also encouraging himself there is a reason that i am here There is a reason this hunger within me is doing something in me that is bringing about a greater purpose than just me being hungry, than just me losing some weight over 40 days. This hunger within me is doing something that it's going to change me. This passage also was to remind the children of Israel that they're wandering was showing them how to rely on Yahweh. To say, He is my only source. I'm not going to go out looking for bread for myself because He is providing for me. The second temptation that the enemy brought was throw yourself from the top of the temple. There are a couple of explanations here. First of all, The Messiah was expected to arrive in miraculous fashion. And floating down from the pinnacle of the temple on the wings of angels, that would have definitely gotten some attention. It would have made an impression on those who saw it. And Jesus might have been noticed and noted as... The Messiah, if he had done this, because that's the way that people were expecting him to come. You know, being born in a in a stable in the tiny town of Bethlehem under suspicious circumstances—that was not the way that people were expecting the Messiah to come. So here, the enemy is saying, overcome all that other stuff. You know, have people don't don't let them even think about. All the other stuff that's contributed to getting you here, you just you just show off where you are right now. He even misquoted the scripture in order to to make his point because he knows the word, and he twists it. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But the enemy here is saying, just you know, the, doesn't the Bible say, is it not written that? The angels will bear you up so that you don't dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it is also written. He comes back against him. That was the, that's the first possibility. But the second possibility, we have to actually look at what he's asking him to do. He takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and he says, throw yourself down. There's no way to sugarcoat what the enemy is asking Jesus to do here. He says, throw yourself off a building. So is it possible that he's tempting Jesus to cause his own demise? You know how difficult this journey's going to be. Don't even worry about it. Just give up now. You and I both know there's no reason for you to keep going. Jesus says, "It is written again." He quotes a verse from the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy. I'm not going to have us turn there, but if you're taking notes, uh, the the next two quotes are from Deuteronomy chapter six. So, if you want to look back at those, <clears throat> excuse me later. Within context, the that particular verse talks about having no other gods in place of the Lord. The verse was written to remind the people of that time that they had doubted the power of Yahweh to provide for them. Jesus here is bringing to mind that Yahweh is not a man to have to prove himself. So what he's saying back to the enemy, the enemy's saying, oh, throw yourself down and maybe God will be faithful to his word and catch you up in, on the wings of angels to, to bring you safely down. And what Jesus is saying to the enemy is, God, Yahweh, is not a man that he should lie He is not the son of man that he should have to prove himself. I know that regardless of what I face, regardless of what circumstances I find myself in, God will be faithful to his word just because he's God. Not because I'm tempting him to do it. God is faithful because he holds himself to that standard, not because we hold him to that standard. God will be faithful no matter what. The third temptation of Jesus, he says, Bow down to worship me, Satan says to Jesus. Bow down to worship me in exchange for all the kingdoms and the glory of the world. Wait, what? Satan took Jesus to an exceeding high mountain to show him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory thereof. There is a summit on the top of Mount Nebo from which the land of Canaan can be seen. This is the mountain that the Lord took Moses up onto so that he could see the entire land of Canaan. This is what the people are going to receive. So it's possible that Satan took Jesus up to the the pinnacle of this mountain to show him the entire land of Canaan. Or it is possible that through a supernatural power, because Satan does have power, it is possible that he showed Jesus in a vision all the glory of all the kingdoms of the world. He offered to give all the kingdoms and their glory to Jesus. If Jesus would just fall down and worship, the word worship here means to prostrate oneself to fall face down in front of satan at this point jesus has had enough he said get thee hence satan this meaning depart withdraw to be led under or to bring under get under my feet satan get away from me satan Once more, again, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, reminding Satan that we are called to worship and serve only Yahweh, that he alone has the authority to give power or to take it away. So Satan left. And as Luke puts it, he left for a season. He was looking for another opportunity to cause issues. Because even, you know, sometimes we think, oh, and, and we've heard, and blessed, it sounds good. Uh, you know, you, you tell Satan to leave, and if, if you, he won't come back if he knows you mean it. But that's not true. This happened to Jesus. It says that he looked for a more opportune time to come a- and attack him again. So the enemy will always find ways to attack. You don't just have to, to fuss at him one time, and he leaves, and he'll never attack you again. This is a spiritual battle that is continuing to go on. So Jesus tells him, get away from me, and the angels come and minister to Jesus' needs. So there are some common temptations because they'll occur as long as we live. There is no shame in being tempted. The enemy would ask you to think otherwise. He will try to shame you into thinking that if you're susceptible to temptation, it means you might as well give in. Oh, you're tempted to do this? Just, you know. And we hear people say, "Oh, thinking about it is just as bad as doing it." Nope, because <laughs> Shane. Well, I don't know what you may have thought about smacking me around a couple times, but <laughs> no. Dad always says that about mom. It's j- I don't know. I don't know if you've thought about that, but um. <laughs> but it is not as bad as doing it. But we cannot help what the enemy brings into our minds. We cannot help the kinds of things that we see and are tempted by. It is a spiritual warfare. But we can help. We can allow or disallow those thoughts to remain in our minds and to grow Paul talks about taking every thought captive so if if that thought does not please the Lord we're to take it captive and bring it before the throne room of God and say Lord help me get rid of this so there's no shame in being tempted but we also have to know the correct way to respond when we're faced with temptations and trials so how are we able to do that well again we don't see Jesus casting the enemy out. We don't see him praying him away. We don't see him ignoring the enemy. The example that Jesus gives us is talking to the enemy. And sometimes we may think, "Oh, I, I can't do that. That's no. We, I don't need to. Do, I don't need to do that. I don't need to have a conversation with him." I don't need to entertain him. No, you need to give him the word. We need to know what the Lord says about us, what the word says about us. And we need to know what he says about our situation, about our circumstance, because we use the word to fight the enemy. From the very beginning, the enemy tried to use the word to fight Adam and Eve. He distorted, he twisted what god had said in order to tempt and to trick them and he will try to do the same for us so it is important for us to combat him with the truth of god's word that's the only way to truly fight when when we talk about putting on the whole armor of god the last thing we have is the sword of the spirit which is the word of god that is our weapon against the enemy the word is how we fight him There are temptations that are common to man. We'll take a look at some of them today. The first one is hunger. Is our hunger causing us to rely on us or to rely on God? Hunger is a temptation. Jesus could easily have created some food for himself. But he allowed that hunger to teach him. There is a hunger that the Lord wants to stir within us that cannot be satisfied by physical food. But like Job, we say, His word is more important than my necessary food. Because oftentimes there's a a hunger stirred up within us. And there are people who have issues with actual physical food. And they, they use that to replace... They use it as a comfort. They use it as a way of avoiding. They use that, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to eat this and I'm going to feel better. And so that, that is one way that hunger can cause temptation. Because instead of dealing with what we need to, we turn to something else. But not just a hunger for food, they a hunger for other things. And I have this hunger, I have this, this aching, this, this hole within my soul and my spirit and I've got to fill it with something and we turn to this thing. And we say, okay, maybe my hunger can be filled with this. And it, I, we don't know what it may be. I, I have a hunger to, to get something done so I, I try to fill that hunger with, with working all the time. And instead of dealing with the hunger that I have, instead of seeking after God, I turn to this. I have hunger. I have physical issues. I have needs. And so I turn to pornography. Because I I have a need that needs to be met. So I turn to this. I have a hunger, and that's what I turn to. Instead of turning that hunger over to God and saying, God, fill it with what you want to And I turn to gossip because I—I'd I'd rather, you know, I have a hunger to—to to be accepted. I have a hunger to—to to have people. I, I need to be needed, so I turn to this, and i, I run down others so that people don't see my issues. I—I I need to—I need to have this to fill me up. It's a hunger within our hearts but it will never be satisfied until we understand that we rely solely on God there's a reason that the hunger is there just like the children of Israel were led for 40 years there's the reason that the hunger is there he is humbling us he is teaching us he is showing us he is bringing us to a point of complete reliance upon him to say God I cannot feel this myself I cannot rely on myself but I need you to give me the manna that I I know not of I need you to satisfy me with something that no one else and nothing else can God I need you later on in Matthew Jesus talks about the father's willingness to give us good gifts he says if your child asks for bread would you give him a stone instead He says, no. And how are you, who are evil, able to give good gifts to your children and you don't think that your Heavenly Father can give you good gifts, can satisfy you when you ask for Him? We have to understand that the hunger is there for a reason. Because we're often tempted to doubt that our Father sees this hunger, physical or spiritual or emotional. God, do you even see my needs? Therefore, we feel we have to rely upon our own abilities to fulfill that. But ask, what is my hunger teaching me? What is the things that I'm seeking after, the things that I'm going for, the things that I'm filling myself up with? What is that showing me about myself? What is that? What does God want to teach me through that? To get rid of these things and rely on Him. The next temptation is fear. Have you really been called? And how will anyone ever see? Jesus had just received confirmation from His Father and from the Holy Spirit. In the verses previous to chapter 4 he knew that he was sent and anointed for a purpose he knew that from the I don't know when he first came to that realization I don't know that as a baby he was able to have that realization but but perhaps when he started having some cognitive abilities he, he thought I know who God is, he is my father I'm his son I, I don't know when when that realization first hit we know that at least by 12 he knew I'm, I'm in the, I'm about my father's business. We, we know that. But we know that he had a relationship with his heavenly father. But here Jesus is confirmed before his public ministry. But here the enemy strikes a nerve. How will anyone ever know that you are Messiah? Without some dramatic display. You know your past. So the enemy's coming to him. You know your past. You know you were born in a stable. You know that people think you're the illegitimate child of Mary and Joseph. You know that you were born in this rinky-dink town. You know that you were sent away to Egypt. You know that you're from the, the town of Nazareth. And nothing good ever comes from Nazareth. So the enemy saying to him, you know where you came from. Are you sure you've been called? Satan even used the scripture, though he misquotes it. Because the enemy will try to deceive you with the word. Because he's known it longer than you have. Distortion of the word is a tool that he often uses. Does the Bible really say that? Are you sure God called you to that purpose? Are you sure he's going to use you in the way that you think? Are you sure you really heard from him? Because nothing good can come from what you've been through. Nothing good can come from who you are. He attacks us with fear the fear that we'll never make it so we might as well give up now there's no point you might as well give up but see the word says I know the plans that I have for you says the Lord plans of peace not disaster There are times that the enemy, and I can say in my, own, in my own life personally, that there are times that the enemy says things like, this is just not going to work. And do you, <laughs> like, where do you think this is actually heading? And wh- what do you think is going to, and I have to remind myself, and I have to remind him that he may say to me that I'm heading toward disaster, <laughs> but that's not God's plan. God is not sending me toward disaster So here's the thing If you're on the road to disaster Then maybe you need to uh, hop on God's plan But God's purpose for us is not disaster God's purpose for us is peace And also He'll say Are you sure you should keep going? Are you sure? Just throw yourself off. And some people may be dealing with that actual temptation. Now, I don't know if anyone here, anyone watching, has actually had that thought come to their mind. You might as well just throw yourself off the top of the temple because the way that it's going now, you're never going to get out of this. You might as well just give up. That thought and that, lie is running rampant in our society today that idea of just give up and there's no point in going on and this is a temptation that that satan will try to attack us with but the word says do not become weary in doing what is right do not become weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not the third temptation is pride think of all you could gain if you just give up your soul when we see satan tempting jesus in this way it may cause some surprise certainly jesus would never consider bowing before the devil to gain power and riches i mean it's jesus right But Jesus had left an existence of inconceivable glory. Gates of pearl, streets of gold, walls of jasper, entities constantly worshiping him, bowing down day after day before him, telling him of his greatness. He had left that in order to come down here into our world to be of no reputation. To become the son of a carpenter. To have no place to lay his head. To be mocked and cursed. What a contrast. So when we see this, that the enemy shows him all the glory, that for 30 years, man, you... You've been without this. You've been living this human life 30 years. Do you remember how it felt? Oh, he comes to us that way sometimes. Do you remember how it felt? Do you remember how great that was? And if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give it back. if he had had any doubts about his identity or his purpose it would have been easier to consider satan's offer but again his father had just confirmed his purpose after baptism if i'm willing to entertain the thought to the enemy that what he can offer is somehow better than my life in christ he can entice me with sin for a season the writer of hebrews says you know Moses thought about sin and it it was fun for a season. And if Satan can show us that, oh, it's, you know, think about how great this could be. Think about the glory that you could have. But I have a word for you the thief plans only to steal and kill, destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. So according to God's word, the abundant life that we're seeking after cannot possibly come from things that the enemy provides. It can only come from the life that Jesus provides. So if your n- life is not feeling abundant check your life source. And I, I'm, please understand that it's not judgment against you because you may be sitting there thinking you don't understand. You just don't get it. And let me tell you I, there have been times in my life that I did not feel abundant. So when I'm saying this check your source It's it's not to be a smart Alec, but it's to say God alone God alone is able to provide the abundant life that we're looking for we speak the word against the lie that the enemy could ever satisfy your soul he has no power to do that his only power is to steal and kill and destroy you and no matter what package he puts it in that is all that will ever happen at the end of that road. So, in between your calling and your fulfillment is a wilderness. It was after this that Jesus went into public ministry. He began in, at the end of chapter 4. Up to this point, we see him in the temple you know, speaking to those who are, are teachers, leaders in the area of law, but, but we don't see him ministering, we don't see him preaching or teaching, we don't see him calling disciples or, uh, or doing any miracles until this happens. So it may be that you're wondering, that you're in a place in your life and you're thinking, when will it ever begin for me? And you may have been serving God for a really long time, and you wonder, when is it ever going to start for me? It starts somewhere after the wilderness. Again, Jesus did not pray Satan away, did not cast him out, or miraculously rid himself of temptation because he was giving us a human example of how to deal with temptation. He could have, as fully God said, get away from me, Satan, and don't you ever come back again. But we do not have the ability to do that. We have to use the word. Because the enemy is going to tempt you with hunger and fear and pride. But we got to use the word against him. If you are wrestling with any of these things, ask yourself, what weapons of warfare have you been using? Have you just been, oh, I'm just doing my best. I'm trying real hard without speaking the truth of God's word against the enemy he will just keep coming back and will keep feeling defeated as the music plays I don't know where you are but you do and Jesus does. <laughs> and that's what's important. Because He has the answer. And He has the help we need. And His word speaks to every necessary situation in our
4: Seems lives. Like
0: as we pray today, as we pray today and receive the help of the lord just surrender to him heavenly father we thank you we come to you with thanksgiving offering glory and honor and praise to you because you are worthy father i thank you that jesus came that he was willing to leave the glory of heaven that he was willing to leave the greatness of being worshipped
4: Of being ruler
0: and master of all things. Of having all power. That he was willing to surrender that to become one of us. To become humble and lowly. So that we could learn from him. So that we can see that overcoming temptation is not some impossible task, but it is something that is possible through the use of the word. Father, I thank you and I praise you that through every circumstance you do not give up on me. that you continue to pursue. And those times that we do give in to temptation, God, those times that the hunger overtakes us, the times... And that we give in to fear or the times that pride rises up within our hearts, I, I thank you, Lord, that you forgive us and that you give us more opportunities. Father, I pray today for those
4: who are truly struggling.
0: For those who say in their hearts, I just do not know how I'm going to do this. who are saying within their heart, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Father, we speak to those hearts today that in Jesus' name, you are more than a conqueror. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you can overcome. We speak to those who have lived with God other ways to satisfy their hunger for so, so long. Father, for those who have been feeding their hunger in ways that are not pleasing to you, Father, I pray that you would speak to their hearts right now, God, reveal to them, open up their eyes to see the ways that they have been putting things in place of you and help them to understand that. that that hunger can only be satisfied by you. Father, those who are fearful, who look into the future and say, how? How can I get there? Am I ever going to get there? Am I ever going to overcome? Is God going to be able to do anything through me and for me? But we speak against the lies of the enemy that say this is it. We say in Jesus' name that the last thing was not the last thing, but you are moving ahead, that you're moving forward into God's plan and purpose. God, we speak against the life that the enemy would bring. God, any suicidal thoughts or any destructive thoughts that are the ploy of the enemy that say, just give up. In Jesus' name, we speak against that and say your life has purpose and has meaning, and there's a reason that you exist on this earth. God, for those who are struggling with the temptation of pride, who look and say, if only I could have this or that or this and I would be satisfied. But God, we understand that abundant life comes only from you. That sin is fun for a season, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And that you are the only satisfaction. Father, I understand that that can be tough sometimes. But God, I pray for godliness with contentment. I pray that over your people today. A godliness with contentment. That we serve you and we are content just being your vessel. Father, we ask your help and your strength and your peace. We trust you, God. We trust you, Father. We love you so much, Lord. We surrender ourselves to your will today, Father. We say whatever you want to do in us. Search us, break us, send us, God. Father, today we say over your people, may the Lord, may Yahweh, bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you and may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name we pray.